morning, good morning, good morning. This is Injured Reserve Podcast with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. Oh, man, good morning. It's uh, definitely fall is, is here, man. The leaves are falling and everything else. I love this time of the year. I do. It's just nothing but football. You know, it just... I don't know, just the environment is, is general. I'm, I'm stumbling over my words this morning. Hold on, let me get my coffee real quick. I'm already on my second cup, so. Well, man, with that being said, we got Thursday night football. We got the Los Angeles Rams against the Minnesota Vikings. Needless to say, the Minnesota Vikings, when it comes to their passing attack, they are dangerous. I mean, uh, but they're, when it comes to the rushing offense, very poor. They're second to last in the NFL. The Los Angeles Rams, I made my prediction and uh, last week for the Super Bowl. I said they'll, they'll be there. You know, NFC Championship, I can see that, but I don't think they'll make it just yet. I'm still sticking with my New Orleans Saints. I still think Drew Brees will get one, one more title. Uh, this will be his last run. But, man... <laughs> I would not be surprised if Los Angeles, you know, if they uh they win it next year. Don't uh, hey, who knows? It could be this year, but you know, I'm still sick with New Orleans. And truth be told, kind of a little favoritism on that. I'm a Drew Brees fan. Uh, that man is breaking records left and right. It seems almost every year. I mean, he's God. How many times he's thrown for over five thousand yards in a single season? But uh, either way. I mean, the Rams are stacked, man. You, you look at their team, and you, I mean, defensive side too. Aaron Donald, Dominican Sue, and then Jared Goff. He's he's getting the job done. He's not like a great quarterback, but like, I mean, he just he doesn't make mistakes. Put it that way. Like he wasn't he wasn't the quarterback that we all knew when Jeff Fisher was there when he was coaching for the Rams. And it's just, Sean McAvee's done a remarkable job. It, I'm just curious how he did it, because this man is only like, God, you got to think, he's only like six, maybe seven years older. I think he's the same age as my brother, so he, or my oldest brother. So he's probably like six years older than I am. So it's just like, he's like 31, 32. And how do you get like a young, a young man like that and be able to, control the locker room and keep the composure of all these other grown men around you whether they're fresh out of college it doesn't matter it just I don't know it just blows my mind and I saw a video the other day I don't know if any of y'all saw it um I try and post it on my Facebook page if I can um it's just if you um follow my Facebook page it's just injured reserved it's not that hard Facebook logo is just IR. It's all in red and black. <laughs> but uh, not to get too sidetracked. There's a video out there of Sean McAvee. And someone is interviewing him. And he's at, telling him the scenario of the game. Where he was uh, camera, he was being the coordinator for a team. I can't remember who it was. But before he was head coach... Or maybe he was head coach. I can't remember. But nonetheless, they're asking him, you know, they're telling him the game and the scenario. Like uh, so-and-so, two teams were playing, and it's third and ten. And he tells the, the dude what's going to happen on that play. And, it, and, you know, it does happen. You know, it's just 
his, I don't know, I can't find the word for it. Uh, I guess you want to say photo, photogenic memory or whatever. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember. But nonetheless, his memory is just insanely just smart. Like, I don't know how he does it. I wish I had that kind of um, memory. I wish my brain worked that way. But that young man is just straight up gifted nonetheless. It's crazy how it works. Um, and then Todd Gurley, when you have a top five running back in the league, that just, you know, that definitely helps your team a lot more. No doubt. But like I said about Jared Goff, like, He's not a great quarterback, but he's good. He's good enough to be the starter, and he doesn't make mistakes. I mean, you look at Jared Goff. He has six passing touchdowns and only two picks. And that's solid. That's more than you know, more than they can ask for. <clears throat> They're three and zero in the NFC. So it's just I don't know. I mean, Jared Goff. He's. <laughs> He's approaching a, a thousand yards. He'll get it tonight against Minnesota. Seventy percent completion percentage, six touchdowns, only two interceptions, and he's been protected very well. Only being sacked four times this year, so that's really good. Todd Gurley, just a freak of nature. Uh, he's at two hundred fifty-five yards rushing, four rushing touchdowns. Uh, I won't be surprised if he wins Offensive Player of the Year this year. Uh, God, I wish I could have grabbed him in fantasy, but he was already taken before I could. I I, I took him in fantasy this year, or last year, excuse me, and he carried the load for my team, no doubt. If I didn't take him, there's no way I would have made the playoffs. Well, in one of my leagues, anyhow. But, man, LA is just, that's going to be the next dynasty team for a while. So all you Ram, Ram fans out there, uh, it's kind of like an early 2000s rewind when the Rams had uh, Kurt Warner, uh, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk. It's kind of it's going to be that era where the Rams are going to you know have their little run. Even though with this team though, they're I think they'll stay more relevant because the Rams had they only had one Super Bowl. I think. This this Rams team, they can this upcoming decade, I think they'll they'll nab. I want to say two, maybe three. I know it's a bold statement; it's still early, but I really think the Rams team—that's the team you gotta look out for. They're gonna be a dangerous team for a while. They're gonna basically, you know, they're gonna be the New England Patriots. Because once Brady retires, I think the Rams are gonna take that throne as the team to beat every year. They're going to always have that target on their back. So, that's just my perspective of it. And like I said, I know it's early, and I'm making early assumptions, and still got the Philadelphia Eagles. But right now, I think this year, Philly, they're having their Super Bowl hangover. Carson Wentz made his debut last week. He looked all right, not too not not too shabby. But I think it's... uh. Kind of hard to tell. I don't know if he had... Depends how much confidence he has on that knee. Because when you tear your ACL, man, I tore my ACL back in high school. It's hard to get that confidence back. It's like, can I do this? Can I do that with my knee again? You know? You're not exactly the same athlete as you used to be once you tear your knee. I'm not saying you can't go out there and not do it again. Because 
obviously, I mean, guys like Todd Gurley, Adrian Peterson have proved us, you know, um, precisely wrong, I guess. Uh, Adrian Peterson tore his ACL the year before, came back, and rushed for over 2,000 yards. So it doesn't mean it's career-ending or alters it. So, you know, there's good team doctors out there nowadays, and technology's a hell of a thing. But uh, <coughs> nonetheless, I think the Rams take it tonight. I think they'll put up about 31 on the board. Minnesota will put up about 20. They'll hang in there for the most part, but L.A. will pull away. The Rams, you know, the thing is, like, I don't, the Rams are 1-1-1. One, one, and one. The thing is, they're really not a bad team. They're not. It's just they lack the scoring. And it's just, I don't know, Kirk Cousins, like, he, he's playing great, actually. I mean, he's seven touchdowns, two picks, 68% completion percentage. It's just they have no running game. Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray, it's, it's not helping their running game. It's kind of like a similar position where the Detroit Lions are in. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, solid passing attack, but uh, that's it. That's all they got going for them. But, I mean, Detroit did just recently run for over 100 yards for the first time and God knows how long against New England. So, uh, but I think definitely the Rams will take it, no doubt. Um, the Vikings are second to last in rushing offense. It's just that puts a lot puts a lot of pressure on your quarterback. It doesn't help when your quarterback isn't exactly a Tom Brady, a Drew Brees, or an Aaron Rodgers either. Um, defensively, though, they're pretty solid for the most part. Um, not the greatest. I mean, they're in the top ten for, you know, least yards allowed and whatnot. Uh, their pass defense is solid. Uh, Russian defense, not too shabby. They're in the top 15, but I think the Rams, you know, Sean McAvee, it's going to come down to the coaching. Sean McAvee, he's just, you know, he's he's just, he's a brain. There's no other way to put around it. I wish I could find other words. Oh, God. Hold on. Let me get my cough real quick. Oh, God. But, man. But I definitely take the Rams tonight. They're going to go 4-0. They're the team that NFC to look out for. They're definitely uh that's a dangerous pack they got going there. And for future for future years to come too. Oh man, oh man. But uh with that being said, I'm gonna take a quick little break. Review for this upcoming Sunday and Saturday for college football. And uh you are listening to Injured Reserve. Welcome back. This is Ender Reserve. <clears throat> so Detroit Lions take on the Dallas Cowboys this Sunday at uh, AT&T Stadium, a.k.a. Jerry World. Uh, God, I can't believe I just said that. But, uh, oh, God, what can I say? <laughs> Some of the most annoying fan bases 
that get to me. The Detroit Lions and Dallas Cowboys. Y'all get on my nerves, I swear. <sighs> well, things... I'm going to, obviously, I'm favorite towards, uh, ooh, excuse me, Detroit's going to be my favorite for this one. I, I believe they'll get, they'll take the W at Dallas. Dallas is just, they're just poochies, man. Dak Prescott, he's just not getting the job done. He just doesn't seem to be the same quarterback that we knew from his rookie year. And now, you know, there's rumors that Tony Romo is self-proclaimed that it's like, hey, you know, I could still play. I can make a comeback. It's just like... Do you really want that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <sighs> Tony Romo was nothing special either. The problem with Dallas right now is Jerry Jones himself, he's just so ignorant and narrow-minded because everything in that locker room is hand-picked by him. Everything from the NFL draft to the free agency. He just needs to lay back and just know his role and know his place as just the team owner. He can input a few things, but he's not like, you know what I mean? He's not a general manager or whatever the type you want to call it when it comes to handpicking players or scouting players. He's not that. You can't be an owner, a general manager, a scouter, and this and that, and, you know, and in, in essence be a coach as well because he picked out his own coach as well and Jason Garrett. That's the problem with Dallas right now. The only, <laughs> the only solid thing that's looking... From uh, Jerry's picks was, you know, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. That was it. Uh, Dak Prescott, it's just meh. It's just, I mean, when you haven't thrown the ball for over 200 yards in the past 10, 11 games, it's going to be a problem for your offense, no doubt. Ezekiel Elliott can only do so much for that team. So, I don't know. Thing is, Detroit, you know, <clears throat> they're top 15 in scoring, and um, they're top they're top 15 in everything besides rushing offense. But they're literally just ranked at 16th, uh, almost average 100 yards. Uh, passing, they're in the top 10. Uh, overall, their offense is in the top 10. But uh, Stafford, the problem with Stafford is uh, unlike a Kirk Cousins. Or um, a Jared Goff. Like I said, remember, when you're just a good quarterback, that means, like, you know, you don't have a big, like, uh, turnover ratio. And that's what he does. He has six passing touchdowns and five interceptions. He turns the ball way too, way too many times. I mean, it's just, completion percentage is great, 65%, but, you know, six passing touchdowns, five picks, that turnover ratio is going to kill your team every time. Especially when you're like, you know, I get it. The team's lacks a days ago when it comes to the running. You know, who knows? Maybe they found a key in Kirion Johnson. Uh, Garrett Blunt may not be the guy. Maybe they'll swap out. I don't know what Matt Patricia's going to do there. But everyone just needs to chill on the hype train. This was one game. I get it. It was against New England. But, you know, that was one game. If Detroit was to face New England again this year, this week, you really think the same results would happen? Because I would bet money on New England, which I did last week for once, and Detroit actually pulled the rabbit out the hat. But, uh, oh, it's just, uh, Detroit just can't get the job done at the end of the day. I just, I, I'm still sticking with the 5 and 11, 6 and 10 season. Um, uh, 
But this week, they'll definitely grab the W against Dallas. It's just their defense, man. Oh, God. Their Zeke is going to run all over them. Uh, Detroit's dead last in Russian defense. Passing defense are solid. So Dak Prescott, he ain't gonna he ain't gonna pass for over two hundred yards this year, this week. Um, but man, when it comes to overall getting out points and yards, oh, just just rough. It's just I mean they're they're twenty six and most points given or most points allowed. It's just oh god, especially when um, you give more points than you do when you give up points for offense. It's just that ain't gonna get get the job done. But against a team like Dallas, nah, uh, y'all are gonna be just fine. Uh, Dallas is just like I said that Jerry Jones needs to just know his role. I mean, when when you're when you are second to last in scoring points. And the only positive thing they have out of their offense is their rushing in the top 10 where they rank 7th. The passing offense, second to last. So that means guys like uh, Josh Allen are already ahead of them. And, uh, oh, God. Actually, let's check it out real quick. So, this is the starting quarterback for the Dallas, right? And imagine if I didn't tell you that, right? Imagine I told you, okay, this this particular person, 54 of 88, almost 500 yards passing, 61% completion percentage, two passing touchdowns, two interceptions. He's been sacked 11 times. Quarterback ratio of 74. And if I told you that person was the starting quarterback... Would you believe me, or would I, you know, where you kind of lean towards more of a backup quarterback? I would think backup. I'd be like, maybe, you know, maybe he played a game or two, or, not, or you know, or played two games, you know, the starter got hurt or whatever. Because that's Dak Prescott's stats. When you look at it, that's that's backup quarterback stats, and it's just like. I don't know. It's just meh numbers. It's not something that's going to stand out. And Dallas fans like to make the excuse. It's like, oh, it's only three games. You're right. But when's he going to pick up the slack? Ezekiel is doing his part. 48 rushing attempts, 274 yards, averaging damn near six yards a carry with 5.7. Two rushing touchdowns. That's it. He should have more. It's just, you know, what do you do with that kind of team? Like I said, Jerry Jones, he handpicked this team. You need, first of all, Jason Garrett needs to go. He's been there for far too long. He needs to go. It's just he ain't the answer, and y'all need to start scouting for another quarterback because it damn sure ain't going to be Dak Prescott. He ain't going to do he he showed He had his great little rookie campaign. That's great. But every once in a while, there's a player in that league that has that one good year, and then after that, they're just gone. You know, they just kind of dissipate. You know, it's just, that's it. it. It's not wrong. It's not bad. It's just that it happens. You can't always all of a sudden put your money into one player when he had that one good year. You need to see it on a consistent basis every year. You know what I mean? You need to be able to know that that player is reliable and put up that consistent stats. 
uh, day in and day out. You know, so it's just like that. Dak Prescott, just ugh. do not invest your money in that. They should never invest their money in Tony Romo either. Because he wasn't very, he wasn't, you know, he he put up better stats than this, I will say that. But Romo wasn't your guy either. He wasn't going to be the guy to lead your team to the promised land. But Jerry Jones had, you know, had a great relationship with Tony Romo. And that's the problem. You got to get down to the business stance. Can't get down to like, oh, we have a great relationship, we're great friends. It's not how it works. You know, it, it sounds ruthless, but it's true. And... As for the defense, passing defense, solid. Top five. Rushing defense, eh, 11th. Points, 7th. Their defense is solid. A lot better than it was three, three, four years ago. But, you know, how consistent can they be with their defense? So, I believe Detroit takes it against Dallas. And it, it'll be a close one. I'm I'm expecting like a 2014 game Detroit so nothing really glamorous I don't think you know but Dallas y'all definitely need to start scouting for another quarterback because Dak ain't it keep Zeke of course you'd be you'd be nuts to even consider trading him and Detroit I would say trade Stafford he's too much of a liability. It's just, like I said, turns the ball over too many times. When you know, when I, whenever he's, whenever I see him play, and it's like, oh, he has two passing touchdowns. And I'll be talking with my brother. I'll be like, you know, he's due for a pick. And it's just like, yeah, I know. You shouldn't have to say that about a quarterback on your team. I want it, but sometimes I do because Ben Roethlisberger's the same way. <sighs> he's a he's a high risk, high reward. In a sense, Stafford's kind of the same way. But <clears throat> Roethlisberger is able to do it better than Stafford. Stafford kind of lacks when it comes to run, run, uh, be able to throw the ball while on the run. But with that being said, we take a quick little break. And you are listening to Engine Reserve. Welcome back. This is Ender Reserve Podcast with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. So going into this week, what if I told you before the season started for the NFL that one particular team with arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, that his team could be going 1-3 and three on the season? And that particular team I told you it were the defending AFC champions. The Super Bowl runner-ups, the New England Patriots. Folks, I ain't joking. I wish I was, but here's the thing. You know, 10 years ago, it's, it's a, it would be a different story. But now, man... New England has to face the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are 3-0, and they are getting things done. I cannot lie. I wish I was making this up, but I'm not. 
my fantasy team, I am 0-3 right now, right? I'm getting my ass kicked. I almost won last week. That was as was close as I came to winning. And guess who put up better numbers than Tom Brady? My backup, Ryan Tannehill. And some particular reason, Miami has always played New England tough. No matter how bad New England might have been in the past, they always play New England tough. And man, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, you look at the teams they played, <clears throat> like Tennessee, you know, they won uh, 27 to 20. They beat the Jets 20 to 12, 28 to 20 against Oakland. But man, I mean, hey, they're beating teams they're supposed to beat. Because it's just, <laughs> they're first in the AFC East, you know. And Ryan Tannehill, again, another one of those quarterbacks that's like on a Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins level. He's not great, but he's good. Like, he'll get the job done. As long as he doesn't turn over the ball, Miami's solid. They have a, they have a chance. And he's been doing a remarkable job of that. He tore his ACL last year, I believe in preseason. Uh, last year, and they end up getting Jay Cutler, who's just, he's poochies, he's jank, that's not even get on him, but Ryan Tannehill, 73% completion, he's seven touchdowns, <clears throat> excuse me, and only two picks, he's been sacked six times, but you know, hey, that's, they've been keeping him well protected nonetheless, uh, their lax days go when it comes to their running game as well, uh, 17th of rushing overall, uh, barely top 20 in passing yards, but hey, it's getting the job done, folks. I mean, because when you look at Miami, <coughs> excuse me, I mean, their rushing defense is great. They're top 10, they're 7th. Uh, passing defense, meh, that's where I think Brady's going to shine, most definitely. Um, but overall, man, I mean, they're only giving up 17 points a game, you know, on contrary contrary to them putting up 25 so that's the thing it's just <clears throat> Brady Brady isn't the Brady we knew from two three years ago I think we're starting to slowly see that father time starting to creep up on him and uh, I don't get me wrong I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again I think he's the goat that's just my perspective uh, like I said I think only other oh excuse me the only other uh, player that I think that can be even, you know, be in that discussion if he wins, and which I think he will, is Drew Brees. If he gets one more title in his resume, you know, low 2 0 in the Super Bowl, that's solid. That's perfect. But man, New England is just. <sighs> I don't know what's going on. I think there's more, more to it in the details of the Brady Belichick relationship. It's just, but New England is professional. They do a great job of keeping things on hold and on lock and just, you know, maintaining a, a positive outlook towards the media and not having any distractions. And that's one of the things I cannot absolutely positively stand when it comes to my Pittsburgh Steelers. Nobody can maintain uh, a professional outlook. Tony O'Brown lacks it. Le'Veon Bell lacks it. Ben Roethlisberger lacks it. It's just, it seems to be one big ego problem. It's just, it needs to stop. And I love Mike Tomlin. He's a phenomenal head coach. The problem is, is that when Antonio Brown wanted his contract extension, he wanted that big payday, and they gave it to him, 
they basically gave him the leeway to do whatever he wanted. Because when it, ha- it happened two years ago, when Pitt beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round of the playoffs before facing New England, and the coach was giving a speech post-game, and Antonio Brown, you know, doing his Facebook Live thing and whatnot, and it showed Mike Tomlin kind of trashing on New England. That's where the drama started, right then and there. That was the problem. Because the thing is, Antonio Brown was never like this in his early years. But once he started getting the, those receptions, those yards, those touchdowns, and that big payday, then, you know, the, the, you know, the ego starts to rise up a little bit. So, and Le'Veon Bell is sitting on the sideline. or He's not even on the sideline. He's somewhere in Florida, last time I read. And he's seen guys like Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown getting their big paycheck, you know. And he's just like, well, I'm going to sit out. And he's forfeiting almost, ah, god damn near, a million dollars every game. <laughs> but uh, the, prob- the problem lies with Pitt is, granted, yeah, they got the W against Tampa Bay. I'm still not going to be bought and sold on them, considering the fact that <sighs> Ryan Fitzpatrick, he, I mean, when you got a guy like that who's, throw over 400 yards I'm not saying because he's been playing great overall for this past season he did throw the ball he did throw like three picks or two picks I can't remember but nonetheless he still threw for over 400 yards the problem lies with Pittsburgh is not the offense you know crazy enough is how dramatic they have been on the offense when it comes to the stars the defense is lax days ago when it comes to deep when not so much the rush but the pass and I think that's where Pitt made their mistake a couple years back when they let Dick Lambeau, Dick Lambeau go as defensive coordinator because they thought his scheme of defense didn't work anymore. It's like the whole, you know, because he was, he was known to be, you know, blitz or die kind of guy. And it always worked. You know, it showed in their Super Bowl runs back in 05 and 08 when you had guys like James Harrison, Joe Reporter, um, Larry Foote, all those, you know, linebackers from back in the day. And it still works. The problem lies is on that pass coverage. And they don't have any money invested on it. It's all on the other side of the ball. So, you got a TJ Watt. You got a Bud Dupree. You got a Cameron Hayward. But, you know, it's just, uh... The rush can only do so much. In essence, so... <laughs> Excuse me. So Pitt's one and one and one, <laughs> and um, I don't know. I think I think they'll finish with the season at ten wins, and they'll get a wild card. To be honest with you, I I don't see them win the division. I don't. Um, since he's looking solid, so is Baltimore. So it's gonna be a close race in the in the AFC North for Pitt, no doubt. But uh, not uh, got sidetracked. Miami, I believe they do pull the upset. And the crazy thing is that they shouldn't be the underdog. I mean, New England, they're one and two. When's the last time you saw Miami and New England face each other? And you know, you blindfold both those teams, and you see a three and all, one and two. You go, 
It's like, all right, this team's New England, this team's Miami. You would obviously think 95% of the time you would be right and say New England. But that ain't the case. And I don't know, man. I'm, I'm going to still stick with Brady on my fantasy because I still think he'll have a great day against Miami because their past defense is still, you know, still shaky. But I still think they pull off the W. I think it'll be a field goal game. I'm, I'm going to say 27-25 uh, Miami takes it. And, uh, yeah, I, I believe I do believe Miami's going to be 4-0. So, crazy, I know, but uh, that's how I, I have a lot of faith in Miami. I think, you know, they're, they're looking solid. They're getting the job done. Can't take any credit away from them. So, but with that being said, I'm going to take a little break and be right back shortly. Welcome back. This will be the final segment of the day. So, Michigan takes on Northwestern this weekend, and I'm still still early. But uh, I know uh, any of y'all that heard me before, uh, I'm gonna be a heavy critic on my Wolverines this year. Uh, no excuses. Um, they got Northwestern. They blew out Nebraska like they should have. That's the Michigan team that I want to see. Um. Granted, uh, Nebraska's like 0-3, but still, that's the kind of points that we should be putting up. You know, we need to be on that Ohio State level, putting up 50, 60 points against teams that are just straight up just garbage. You know what I mean? Same thing with Clemson or Alabama. You know, you just need to put up those kind of numbers. And, um, I don't know, Northwestern. I'm confident. I'm fairly confident this week against Northwestern. They're one and two. Nah, they're kind of meh. So, but with that kind of team, I want to see Michigan do the same exact thing like they did last week. I want to see them put up. I want to see them up thirty-nine nothing at the end of the first half. That's the kind of that's the kind of team that that we should see. You know what I mean? We should be whooping ass and taking names. Up until the Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State games. That is it. Maybe Wisconsin too. You know, four of those games are exceptions that should be nail biters. Because Wisconsin and Penn State, they always play us hard. And granted, Penn State, they, <coughs> they're kind of iffy this year. But still, Penn State always plays Michigan hard. And if anyone remembers, Penn State whooped the absolutely positively dog shit out of us. Uh, last last year, so uh, definitely some re- that's gonna that has to be a revenge game for Michigan. That has to be on their mind. That was a brutal beating that we took last year, and I hope we do the same thing. So I don't know, but like I said, Penn State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan State. Those four teams are exception for the year. That should you know that should be nail biters. So we gotta win out. I don't care what anyone says. We got we gotta go the season. <clears throat> gotta go eleven and one. It's BCS or bust. But you know, hey, if we if we beat Michigan State and Ohio State this year, I'm fine with that. And the two, if we lose against Penn State, Wisconsin, cool. But still, uh, BCS. Yeah, we need to be on BCS mode now. We need to be on the BCS bus along with Bama, Clemson. 
um, how even Washington gets, you know, the recognition, even though we all know that the Pac-12 is, you know, it's the Pac-12. It's not strong. It's not like, not exactly a Big Ten or an SEC. And then, uh, but yeah. And then game tonight, uh, if anyone's interested, Thursday night, North Carolina at Miami. Miami Hurricanes ranked 16th in the nation. Solid team. It's amazing what Mark Rick has done with that program. He's turned it around. Um, I always felt Mark Rick kind of got, like, ousted uh, when he was at Georgia. But, you know, the expectations for Georgia are kind of similar compared to Michigan. Uh, He can never get over that hump in the SEC when it comes to Alabama. Overall, you look at his record, he's a phenomenal coach. You know, he would... The team would go 10-3, 11-2, maybe one bad season, a quote-unquote bad season. Go, He'll go like 9-4. and four. But he can never get over that hump of beating Alabama. That's the thing. That's kind of similar where we're at right now. Us Michigan fans, with Jim Harbaugh, we can't get over that hump against an Urban Meyer. So, uh, but what, he's done, what Mark Rick has done with uh, – the U, amazing. I don't see them slowing down. They had one, they had one loss. They're three and one. They lost to LSU, 33-17. And some reason LSU's been. I mean, they're 25th in the nation right now. They they're not the LSU that we all know. That's for damn sure. Uh, but Miami's just ever since then pretty much you know solid for the most part. <laughs> then they had a tune-up game the week after LSU. They killed them 77 nothing. Uh, 49-24 against Toledo and Florida International, 31-17. So, um, not exactly a team that's going to be a BCS team this year. But, you know, I think they'll, you know, they'll, they'll be solid. They got, they got North Carolina this week. I think they'll take that W. Then they got Florida State. Florida State's not the Florida State we've known this year from years past. I don't know what's going on there and. Semi, I can't even pronounce it, but Florida State Nation. Uh, um, but overall, their schedule looks pretty solid for the most part. When it comes to their conference, um, you know, I think uh, at Virginia Tech, that would be a tough one. Hell, I mean, who knows about Duke? They're ranked 22nd in the nation, so they're having a good solid run this year as well. But I... <clears throat> Miami will have a solid run this year. I think they'll drop a loss against Va Tech and um, possibly uh, Boston College and Duke. But but they do play North Carolina tonight. But uh, that's not like a broken record. I like Mark Rick as a coach. He's done great things for that program. <coughs> Excuse me. But the... Uh, that being said, if any of y'all are <laughs> totally uh, different segue, but if it, today is Lil Wayne's birthday, God knows I don't know how old he is, but he was like, I remember him being in his prime during my high school era, and you know, when the Carter three and Drought three was dropping, he was hot back then, and you you know forward the clock ten years later. And now he's dropping the Carter 5. And so today's his birthday. He drops the Carter 5 at midnight. So if any of y'all are interested, check that out. I I like Wayne's early stuff. That's just me. Uh, the Carter 2 is 
my my opinion his best work Bart you know it's not even close to anything else card three was cool Carter four was cool um I don't know it's weird because he's been kind of off the off the radar for the past four or five years almost like he said he's been working on this album for about five six years I don't know why it took him so long but I don't know if it was like a label issue but nonetheless uh just a reminder if anyone doesn't know Carter five drops eventually I'll listen to it and I'll give you all my review uh speak of album reviews I'll give you a couple I listened to a few uh Allison Chain's new album amazing loved it definitely check it out they still got it um I I'm I'm still amazed the the replacement that they got from Lane Stanley that dude I can't remember his name but god he sounds just like him no doubt Seven Dust new album amazing uh <coughs> always like them Always kind of remnants of like the whole quote unquote new metal era. That was my favorite era, era. you know. With Seven Dust, Limp Biscuit, Lincoln Park. Um, God, who else was there? I'm trying to think of all the early 2000 bands, but that was my era. I loved it. <coughs> and then, uh, let's see, Eminem's Kamikaze. Oh my god, <laughs> he uh. Uh, I don't know, Revival was cool, but Kamikaze was better. That's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, that was definitely the Slim Shady that we all know and loved. That was on that album, no doubt. Excuse me. Um, <coughs> trying to think of any other albums I listened to lately. Um, I don't know. I know I listened to a few others, but I can't think of it right now. But, uh, with that being said, um, it's Thursday morning. I hope you have a great day. Uh, I got to go to class here in a few. From 2 to 8. It's back-to-back three-hour courses, man. They kill me. But, but hey, you know what? This is the final week of September. It goes fast. Next thing, I, I just got to hang in there until December, and I'm certified for welding. Thank God. So, but, uh, man, it's... Um, I feel like the fall flies by like super fast in any other season. Maybe that's just me. Um, uh, but start Monday. It's October 1st. So any of y'all are big into Halloween, start getting your plans together and what you want to be for all those Halloween parties, for all the grown adults. <laughs> um, I was trying to think, what was I last year? I was I was doing the Wade Box challenge. So if anyone remembers that, uh, if anyone's watched, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Watch <laughs> the Wade Box. I can't. I think I think that's the title for it. But I did the I, I mine was simple. It was jeans and a T-shirt and the Wade Box challenge. Anyone that's watched Always Sunny in Philadelphia will know what I'm talking about. And the year before that, I was Jim Harbaugh. So you know the 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 khaki pants and the shirt and the hat. Simple as that. I don't know if I'm going to dress up this year. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? But uh, with that being said, uh, I hope you all have a great day. I love fall. I hope you all do too. I'm going to dread winter, no doubt. But until then, this is Injured Reserve Podcast for your hosts, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. You all have a great day.